Good morning. Welcome to Faith in the Morning. Something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. Faith in the Morning exists to help you start your day with faith and encouragement, and that's exactly what's going to happen today. So go to Luke chapter 16 with me. Luke chapter 16, verse 11. We've been looking at this chapter throughout the week. We've been talking about passing the test of life, specifically focusing on passing the tests that come from God. In Luke chapter 16, Jesus tells two actually very famous parables. But starting with the first parable, he's telling the parable of a certain rich man who had a steward. But the steward was unjust, unfaithful in their dealings. That word unjust is similar to the word unrighteous found later in King James or New King James in this same chapter. And so what he did, because he knew he was about to be fired, he's going to be called account. He knows he's not going to have the job anymore. And he's going through his options. He says, you know, I can't dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I can't do this. I can't do that. And so he comes up with a scheme of a plan to get the people who owed his master money. And then he had them write different amounts. So they paid those amounts so that he had friendships when he was fired from this job. What did the master say? He commended him for his shrewdness or his wisdom in this matter. And he said, well, this is a strange parable. Why would he commend the unjust steward? It's setting up this example of what Jesus, this point Jesus is driving home. Let's skip down to verse 9. And I say unto you, make yourself friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Now, what, what is he saying that? What does that mean? What is the saying in King James talk? That just like this man understood that how he used his money at the end set him up for his future, understand that how you use what you have in your possessions will set you up for your future. Yes, your future later on this earth, but even more importantly, a future and eternity. And so Jesus begins to drive home a point. We're still talking about passing the stewardship test and passing the money test. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in the much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Now, the word mammon, because of just different connotations, people reading this passage and preaching from it for millennia now, people think that the word mammon is automatically evil. It is not so. The word mammon is used multiple times in the Bible. Even in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, it's used to just describe wealth. And so when you look at this word mammon, it is defined. It is wealth. It's also used in different contexts as wealth personified. But also, as we see in another verse later in this chapter, wealth deified. So it's different. It's wealth. It's wealth personified and it's wealth deified. And so here, this is wealth personified and wealth in general. And it says, if you have been faithful in unrighteous mammon, what does unrighteous mean here? It doesn't mean evil. The word unrighteous actually means deceitful. And we know money is fleeting. You know, riches are fleeting. We learned that in Proverbs. Riches can be very fleeting and it can be deceitful because you think you have it forever and it's here today, gone tomorrow. But even by context, when we look at this word unrighteous, it's akin to the word unjust in the Greek in the same passage. How was the person unjust in the doing? They weren't faithful in their dealings over a long period of time. And so understanding with dealing with money that we have to be faithful. We talked about that yesterday. But also understand that God uses money and you being faithful with money to set you up for something better. 
It says the true riches. And this is not just eternal riches, even though that is included in eternal rewards and eternal things. But the true riches are available to you on this earth. Even Paul writes about the unsearchable riches of Christ. Wealth is good. Natural wealth is good. It is not bad. Remember we said that the love of money is the root of evil, not money. Wealth is good and wealth should be used for the right purposes. And when you use it for the right purposes and you're faithful in using it, it sets you up for true riches. The true riches of the kingdom, the greater ones, not deceitful riches that are here today, gone tomorrow, but greater riches, greater wealth, the wealth of the kingdom of God, which is when you think about the unsearchable riches of Christ, one of the things you see in Paul's writing, the riches of the glory, the abundance of the glory. That's the Holy Spirit and his power, his endowment, his anointing, his abilities, all the riches and the wealth of the wisdom in Christ. There's so many things that are available to you in Christ that will be given to you as a reward for passing the test of money. If you pass the test of money, not only, of course, this passes, will God give you more because if you're faithful in the least, you'll be faithful in the much and to set you up for more. The faithfulness test, when you're faithful with little, you will be granted more. But also, if you're faithful with a little in the area of money or in wealth, God will grant you far beyond just natural wealth. Money is the lowest level of wealth. It's an important level of wealth, but it's the lowest level. And if you're faithful in that, God will give you something more. So once again, how do you be faithful with money? You do with, with your money what God says to do. And you start off with having a budget, following your budget, and making sure in your budget you are budgeting for the things God has told you to take care of. That includes your life. That includes the family that you're responsible for. That includes the bills that you need to pay. That includes tithes. That includes offering. That includes being generous. That includes using the wisdom of God to invest. You follow what the book of Proverbs teaches you concerning money and what the elsewhere in the scripture teaches about money. And you do that faithfully. It means you do it continually and consistently. Not only will you set yourself up to receive more finances and be wise in your finances, which leads to increase, as you see all throughout the Bible, but also you set yourself up to receive more. Passing the money test opens the door to greater rewards for God. So whatever you need to do, I encourage you, do what you need to do to pass the money test. And don't be overwhelmed. If you find yourself in a bad financial situation, get wisdom, get help. There are people who will help you do that. There are many different things you can research that will help you get your finances in line. But also, as we see all these uncertainties on the horizon, it is the perfect time to get your financial house in order and make sure you're being faithful with the finances God's put in your hand. Because as you do that, and as you set your faith, as you continually do the natural things you know to do and being faithful in those natural things, God will bring you more. Before we go, say it with me one more time. Say, I can pass the test. Come on, say it with me and put it in the chat. Say, I can pass the test. Praise God. Have a great day. Know that something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or our YouTube channels at Faith Christian Center or Kerrick Butler. God bless.